Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hey friends, welcome back to the club. It is a good week. It is back to school week. My kids are back in school. I started Feast of Fast. I'm feeling good. And today is like my first productive back to work day without, you know, the kids kind of being around. And so I'm excited to pop on here and talk to you about strategies for feeding kids. A lot of us are, you know, we're all trying to get back into routine at this time of the year, get back into healthy eating. And, you know, we're packing lunches, we're trying to get the meals done. We've got so much going on, mama, and we're trying, right? We're trying to um, feed our kids better, um, prioritize their health, and just give them that good foundation of, you know, of what to eat. That's part of our, that's part of our job. If we don't teach them, who's gonna? commercials and their friends. And so that's not going to go well. So yeah, we know that and we're trying to do better. But before I kind of launch into um, the strategies I use, just what I've done over the years to, you know, try to get some healthy proteins and, you know, vegetables and stuff into my kids. um, I want to share a story, a real life story of something that happened with my son last spring. Um, Because what I want y'all to know is, you know, you might be under this deception that (laughs) it's like liver and kale chips all day over here and my kids are begging for more broccoli and it's just, you know, rainbows and unicorns when it comes to eating and that just is not true. My kids are like your kids. They would love you know, to live off pancakes and chips and, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff. They don't want to eat their vegetables, you know, not just like yours don't. Um, And so I'm just in that same boat with you. Um, And so that's why I am going to just kind of share what I do, but it's not, it's not perfect over here. Just know that. And this story will prove it to you. So um, something happened last spring. I went in my boy's closet. My boys have the biggest closet in the house. I mean, how unfair is that? Um, and so we use it for extra storage and stuff. And so I was, I was looking for something. I can't remember moving stuff around and lo and behold, what do I find? But two empty boxes of little Debbie cakes. Mm Mm-hmm. Two empty boxes of Little Debbie cakes, some honey buns, and some zebra cake rolls. And I was just like, what in the ever living is happening right now? You know, <laughs> I was, you can imagine my mama heart was like, what? What? What, is, what is this? And my nutritionist heart just wanted to pass out and die because these gross cakes have like every bad ingredient that I try to avoid in this house. You know, it's got 
wheat, so there's gluten, there's soybean oil, there's sugar, there's corn syrup, there's artificial dyes. Like it's like the worst concoction of things that you could possibly eat. And here were two empty boxes in the closet. I don't know why, you know, obviously I'm not raising like a criminal mastermind here because, you know, I'm like, dude, you got to hide the evidence or get rid of the evidence if you're going to do this. But um, I'm glad he didn't because um, I'm glad that I came across it. So I know what has been happening. Now, if you know me and you know my kids, you probably know which kid this is. He is my sugar holic, my sugar addict. He loves sugar. I mean, I know all kids love sugar, but you know, you have those kids that just really, really, really like sugar more than others. Um, this is my kid that has some sensory processing issues. And what's interesting is that a lot of kids that have um, sensory processing are really have trouble eating food. Um, and my son does not have that. He is not uh, you know, he's not sensitive in the sensory way. Like a lot of kids are sensitive to food textures and clothes and stuff like that. My son's a sensory seeker. And so he needs more stimulation um, to, to kind of register things in the brain. And so I don't know if that's part of his sugar um, addiction. I think, you know, it's just he needs kind of more of everything, more stimulation, um, you know, tactically, just everything to really, for things to register. So I do think that's part of it, but it still is no excuse, you know, to be um, hiding out in the closet and eating honey buns. You know, in that moment, I felt like a failure as a parent and a failure as a nutritionist. It's like that sick stereotype, you know, you know how preacher's kids always get a bad rap for um, you know, being the wild child, I'm like, okay, this is like the same thing. You know, the nutritionist kid is in the closet eating honey buns. I mean, what, what is happening here? You know, and it was funny because looking back those few weeks before that, or the month before that, I remember him coming home from school and not wanting his normal snack. My kids come home from school, you know, they want, they want a snack. Um, and so they usually have something. And for a little while there, he wasn't wanting anything. And I was like, oh, that's unusual. But maybe, you know, just like kids go through growth spurts and they want more food. Maybe he's just kind of going through a weird thing where just, you know, food doesn't sound good. No, mama, no. He was going upstairs and eating zebra rolls in the closet. Um, and so that was a red flag that I ignored and, you know, but I didn't know. I didn't know. So you might be wondering, you know, how did he get his hands on this, you know, such contraband? Because <laughs> I certainly don't keep these around the house. Um, well, he had walked to the dollar store. We live in a teeny tiny little town. You can walk anywhere in like five minutes. And so, you know, over that, the last year, I've tried to give my boys, especially just a little bit more independence, you know, to roam the neighborhood and walk around. And, um, and so apparently he had walked to the dollar store and used his allowance and bought himself, um, some sugar buns and put them in his closet and had them. Um, and it, you know, it broke my heart, you know, because, here I am knowing like what this junk is doing to his body, you know, like I'm thinking, 
about his brain and all these artificial dyes and his cell membranes, you know, and this horrible soybean oil, it's creating inflammation, you know, all through the body. And then the gluten, it's just, you know, the sugar, it's just such an assault on the body. And so it hurt my heart for that. But then I just also felt so betrayed, you know, he knows, he knows how much, um, how health, their health is so important to me. And so I was just really sad, you know. So when he came home that day, called him into my room. And honestly, I didn't know how I was going to handle this, you know. Um, I really didn't. But in the moment, I think God had his, you know, thumb over my rage against the machine button. Um, Because in the moment, honestly, I was just kind of sad. And I, you know, I got the boxes out and I showed him. And he said, uh-oh, busted. And I was like, uh-huh. And then his, he got teary. His eyes got teary, which I would love to tell you is because he was so remorseful. But no, I, he, was, he knew he was getting caught. And he was just like, what is going to happen to me? But I think I did surprise him by not raging about it and being mad. Um, I got tears in my eyes. And I think he could see that I was just hurt. You know, and when it comes to food and stuff, I, d- I didn't want to punish him. There's just such a delicate balance there, you know, with that kind of thing. Um, you know, with the, with the sugar thing, it's the one reason I felt so betrayed is because it's not like I don't give my kids sugar. You know, we probably have more sugar in this house than is prudent for somebody in my profession, but it's for the very reason that I didn't want stuff like this to happen. You know, I have a really good friend who grew up and her mom was very health conscious, didn't allow sugar in the house. And she said, you know, I would go to the neighbors or go to a friend's house and just binge on sugar while, while I could, you know, and, um, And so I know, you know, I know that can happen. And I've even given advice to many people, you know, um, that the best that we can do for our kids is give them a good foundation. But that when they hit those teenage years and they're more independent and they're driving, I mean, they're going to choose what they want. And there's, you know, we do lose some of that control. And we just have to trust that we've given them a good foundation and they will come back to it later on, you know, um, later they'll circle back and have that good foundation. But, and so I have given that advice to many people. And now here I am, my, you know, kids getting into the teenage years and exercising some of this independence and this rebellion, um, through the food. Um, and you know, it's just very extra disturbing for me, you know, I'm like, oh my, questioning myself as a parent and a nutritionist here. So maybe you don't want to hear my strategies for feeding kids today. Um, but no, this is real life. And so in that moment, I, what I ended up doing was, you know, just sharing how sad and upset and betrayed I felt by his actions and really, you know, told him that his punishment was for, um, the lying and the betrayal of what he'd done. And so I took some of his technology away because that's where it hurts him the most at this point in his little life, um, is not being able to get on his computer or his phone. So that's how I handled it. Um, but you know, it was, it was hard because just weeks before that, probably on a same day, he had been shoving a zebra cake down his throat in his room 
we had been at the grocery store and we had a great conversation. You know, we were walking around and he likes to go to the store with me. And he pointed out a bag of um, hot Cheetos and said a lot of his, uh, the kids at school eat those. And, you know, so we had this conversation about that. And, I, you know, I told him, oh, you know, those are so tough on a body, you know, but it opened a door for me to share with him that I know it's tough for him to be at school around people when they're eating all that and they're, you know, drinking Cokes and, and he's not, you know, he takes his lunch every day and, um, you know, his foods are not the same as what his peers are eating. And so I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of this is part of that. Um, but he seemed so accepting and he's like, I know mom, I know. And so, you know, I just like, Oh, my boy's growing up and getting mature. And, you know, here you go. Then smacked with this a couple weeks later. Um, so it's just part of, you know, those teenage years, I think, and what's happening. But um, I did want to share that story with you because for, you know, all of the reasons we can try our best. But when our kids start, you know, our kids are not going to always listen, they're going to want to make their own choices. Um, and they are going to stray away from us, you know, as they gain that independence. But I do think it's so important to give them that foundation because if we don't, who will? You know, their friends with the hot Cheetos and the Cokes, you know, the commercial with like, you know, unicorn frappes and um, Lucky Charm cereal. I mean, if that's, you know, the most input they have coming in about what to eat, if we're not counteracting that with, you know, a little education at home and just some effort, um, then you know, where, where is, they don't really have anything to fall back on in those later years. And so, um, I never want to make mamas feel stressed out and fearful, but, you know, I just, I want to really just empower you and remind you that you have a lot of, you know, a power and influence over them, even if it feels like they're not listening, even if they walk to the store and get little Debbie cakes, (laughs) It's no reason to give up, sister, okay? So let me share with you um, some of the things that I do with my kids. Um, And the first one is I really prioritize, prioritize protein, okay? When I am building a meal, when I, you know, we're packing their lunches, when I'm telling them, you know, when we're talking about food, I tell them, to pick their protein first, to eat their protein first. Um, That might surprise you. You might think I would be telling them to eat their vegetables first. But in these growing years, proteins are the building blocks of the body. They are growing so fast. You know, bones, muscles, teeth, all of those things. And protein really lends itself to, you know, it is the building blocks of the body. And so I really want them to get um, protein. And so when I'm building a meal, I'm always like, okay, what's my protein going to be for breakfast, for, you know, lunch, for dinner? And then I work around to that, you know, so um, always working on that. Because here's, here's the problem. When we're thinking about macronutrients, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, kids, just like adults, get way too many carbohydrates, um, probably more than adults. You know, they're eating, they're eating cereal for breakfast and then sandwiches and chips and sugary yogurt and, you know, a dessert for lunch and, you know, 
probably coming home and having some kind of carby, carby snack, you know, and then, um, and then having a lot of carbs at dinner if you're not paying attention. And that overload of carbs is really hard on their body, just like it's hard on our body, but it can really affect um, the way that they behave, the way that they focus or don't focus, um, you know, their immune systems, just the way that they grow. Those carbohydrates, especially the processed carbohydrates that kids get, um, it can really, really be problematic. And so what we have to do, mamas, is counteract that with protein and healthy fats. Um, the thing is with carbohydrates too, is that they are not the foods that fill you up. They are not the foods that make you feel full. And so especially, you know, these teenagers who just want to eat the house down, if they're, you know, trying to fill up on carbohydrates, that's like just, you know, pouring food in a hole, a bottomless pit. Tr truly, that's what it feels like, a bottomless pit. It's coming out the, you know, other side. It's not really filling them up. And it's the protein and the healthy fats that is going to fill them up. And so always be thinking about protein. Push the protein. Be a protein pusher, you know. The eggs, the chicken, the beef, the fish, you know, all of those good healthy proteins that are going to um, build, build their body and, and help build their brain and help keep, um, you know, create these neurotransmitters in the brain that help keep their moods nice and steady and their behavior steady and their, and having focus, you know, we want that for them in school. Um, you know, there are so many kids diagnosed with, um, attention deficit disorder. And, um, you know, I think that it would be prudent to, look at their diets before we go put them on medication. A lot of times it can be a case of poor blood sugar balance, a case of having so many carbohydrates in this system that they have these kind of roller coaster, um, this roller coaster ride of focus and behavior throughout the day because of the way carbohydrates turn to sugar in the body. Okay, so, you know, all carbohydrates turn to sugar in the body. And so it gives the body all these highs and lows as you are um, of being a sugar burner, which is what most kids are. They're sugar burners. And so, um, and so we really have to look at that, you know, look at what they're eating. If they're living off, you know, Dr. Peppers and Skittles and, you know, Pop-Tarts, well, we really can't fault them for, you know, acting like little punks, you know, <laughs> that, I mean, food plays a huge role in how your kid behaves, um, and your kid's mood, um, the way that your child can make, um, those feel good chemicals in the brain. Um, so it's really important. And so if we can kind of tamp down the carbs, which is one of my biggest strategies is really just trying to you know, keep carbs regulated um, by making sure there's a, always a good presence of protein and healthy fats in their meals and kind of keeping that balanced. That's going to be huge. And I even tell my kids, you know, eat your protein first, you know, do they always listen to me? No, but, um, but they do a lot. They will tackle their protein first um, and then, you know, move on to the other things. So prioritize protein. And, you know, for a kind of a practical hands-on way to do that for breakfast three days a week, three to four days a week, we have eggs, you know, or we'll have um, sausage or, 
um, something like that because I do not want to send them to school on a belly full of sugary cereal. That is not serving them and that is not helping their teacher at all. So you want something that really grounds them, makes them feel full, something that's going to last so they can keep their focus and their energy levels um, kind of steady throughout the day. Um, and then for their lunches, I just did a, a blog post that you can look at kind of the lunches that I pack for them um, every week and I am working on making them pack their own. <laughs> I have control issues, y'all, with the food, um, obviously. But, um, you know, we do we do hot dogs and turkey and um, and hard-boiled eggs and, you know, uh, salami or jerky and stuff like that. And I'm always picking that protein first and then working around that. Now, they get chips and, you know, they get fruit and they'll get a dessert and they, they get all that stuff. But we really make sure that, you know, that protein is there. And then for dinner, you know, our dinners are really just traditional dinners. They really look like, you know, a protein and a starchy carb and a vegetable you know that's just kind of how we roll and so it's not gourmet around here it's simple but it's just kind of keeping that simplicity of the macronutrients present okay so um but really that all starts for me with picking my protein that's how i base all my meals like what is the protein going to be so that's number one prioritize protein number two getting veggies into your kids. This is just not easy, y'all. Now, some kids are, will eat veggies, you know, more readily. Anytime I say this, somebody will go like, my kid eats all the veggies. And I, I'm so happy for you. I love you. I'm so glad. I wish my kids ate veggies really willingly, but they, they don't. They really just don't. Some kids have a taste for them and some don't, but, but nevertheless, they need them. Um, and so how can we just make that easier for them to eat? Well, what I do, I do a couple different things. Um, one is that I will just cut up a bunch of veggies, you know, that they like. Um, they mine like peppers. They like cucumbers. They like carrots, um, those kind of veggies. And so I, I usually have those around. And we'll offer them, um, you know, sometimes I'll just put out a platter of all those veggies at dinner and just like, okay, you, you know, pick your veggie, you know, you got to eat a veg, but you get to pick it. Um, and so I always have those kind of available when I'm packing their lunches, I always put the veggies in that they like the most, and they're at least likely to throw away. <laughs> I know, I'm sure that happens. But, um, but anyway, but they're, you know, more prone that they're going to be more prone to eat. And so just having them around, you know, that's the first thing they can't eat them if they're not around. Um, but that's, that's one thing. And then I am not above hiding veggies y'all at like at all. Um, I remember this is before I, you know, went back to become a nutritionist. And when my oldest son was little, I bought that book by Jessica Seinfeld. It's called, I think it's called Deceptively Delicious. And it's all about, you know, hiding vegetables and food. This is no, you know, new phenomena. People have been doing it for years. Um, you know, hiding veggie purees and different things and mixing stuff in. And, you know, it's it's a way to get some veggies into kiddos. The ways that I do that is I will often add cauliflower rice to their white rice that they're having or some mashed cauliflower in with the mashed potatoes that I'm serving. And, um, and they don't even notice. 
you know, they don't even notice. If you think your kids will notice, then don't put very much in. Just put it, just even a, start with a little, you know, and they, you, they can't tell. It's all white. It looks the same. Um, but it's one way to get some cauliflower into them. Um, you know, I have a recipe on the website for making mac and cheese with butternut squash um, as kind of the color there, you know, and I know that some people are like, my kids will never eat that. Um, but it's a butternut squash and it's a chickpea pasta. And um, you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd especially be surprised if that's what's offered. And that's, you know, this is what we're having. I'll mix some ground meat in it, make like a casserole. And, the, um, and my kids will eat it. But you can go to the website and get the, the recipe there. You know, get a little butternut squash into them. That's one way. Um, smoothies are an awesome way to get some greens into your kids. I also have a recipe for... Um, what I call this sneaky chocolate smoothie because we put spinach in there in the smoothie, um, a banana, some cocoa powder, um, some almond milk, and you can't taste the spinach at all. Um, bananas can hide, I always say bananas can hide a multitude of sins for kids here with it when it comes to vegetables. So if you're making a smoothie and you want to put a handful of greens in there, a banana really covers that up well especially spinach because it's kind of a benign leafy green, you know, kind of bland. And so that's a great way to get um, some greens into them. My kids love that smoothie. Um, soups. Oh, we're about to get into soup weather, which makes me so happy. And so soups are a great way to get some vegetables in there. What I'll often do is um, if I'm making some kind of vegetable soup, like even a, you know, a chicken soup with vegetables, I will, uh, once the vegetables are all cooked, put them in a blender and puree them and then pour them back in the soup. And that way I'm not getting complaints about, you know, chunky vegetables, you know, it, it, even though the vegetables are in there, it makes the, um, the broth, it kind of thickens it up. It makes it a little more creamy. And then they're not seeing some of it is so visual, you know, they're not seeing hunks of vegetables in there. And so, um, they're, they're just um, much more apt to eat it. Now, I don't puree all of them usually because I do leave some in there, just not as many as would be present if I didn't puree some of them because I do want them to see you are eating vegetables. I mean, they, they need to realize they are eating some. And so I'll, I'll puree most of it, but leave a few hunky things in there. Um, and then this isn't a this isn't a vegetable, but there's also a recipe on my website for chocolate brownies made with avocado, um, and so that's just you know it's a, just another way to upgrade your ingredients. You know, hide something healthy into something that they already like. You know, and I think that that's something we really try to try to teach my feast of fasters is how to upgrade the foods. You know, these kind of heck yeah carbohydrates, foods that we want to eat. So they're just better ingredients. And I can tell you that uh, honey buns and zebra cake are not upgraded ingredients <laughs> at all. But, um, but we try to, you know, I'll buy cookies or make cookies or make brownies or buy pasta or different things that are just upgraded, made with better ingredients. And so that's always something that we're trying to do. So those are veggies. You know, you can hide the veggies, um, cut up a bunch of veggies and put them out on the table at dinner time and say, okay, you know, you pick your veggie. Um, the other way that I will often get them to, you know, try something or eat um, 
eat veggies is I will serve it in what I call like a leverage meal, meals where I'm going to have some leverage. So if I want them to have, you know, have some broccoli or some Brussels sprouts, which I know that they very much dislike, I will serve it purposefully with two other things that they do like, you know, with a protein and then maybe some starchy, um, starchy vegetable or starchy carb that they like, you know, like they like rice or they, you know, they like pasta, um, or maybe, you, you know, maybe it is a macaroni and cheese kind of, you know, night that I will give that to them. And so on their plates, they'll, you know, get some, the protein and they'll get some of the, the starchy carb that they like, and then they will get the vegetable. Um, and they, you know, usually want more of the other things or, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll say, um, or give them very little of the food they like the most, like the, say it's macaroni and cheese. Don't give them a lot of that. You know, like if you want more of that, cause they inevitably want more of that always, if that's something I'm serving or if it's some kind of starchy carb they really like. Um, then I was like, great, you can have more, but you need to, you need to eat the broccoli. You know, you need to eat the Brussels sprouts. You gotta, you know, have the, whatever it is that, you know, the cauliflower, if I'm just straight up putting it out there. And so, um, and so, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but, um, they're like, ah, I don't want more. (laughs) That's fine. But a lot of times they do, you know, especially when they're really hungry. And so, um, I just call that using your leverage, you know, don't give in, you know, it's just kind of that idea with dessert too. Like don't give them dessert if they didn't eat the broccoli, you know, um, and that's just, that's also kind of the final thing is that we, we do have to, um, you know, we are the parent, we do have to be consistent. We do have to follow through and follow up and let them be a little uncomfortable, you know, um, with, with the situation. And we have to allow ourselves to be a little uncomfortable with the situation. Um, it's part of learning and you know, um, teaching them that, um, this is how we eat, you know? And so we have to be that, we have to be that, that person that does that for them, you know? And so I know it's not easy and it always sounds easier than it is, but just stay strong, stay rooted, stay grounded in what you're doing with that. You know, you're the parent, you parent them. You don't allow what, you know, what they like or dislike to be, um, the, the overarching rule, you know, of the house. And so you just stand strong in it. Okay. Um, there's also what I think is helpful too, is to get your kids involved, um, with cooking. And there's a couple ways that you could do that. Um, my kids several years have gotten a, uh, radish kids subscription, um, for Christmas, which is great. You can get a three or six month um, subscription or a year. And every month you get a box with um, some recipes and little cooking tools. And it's just fun. You know, it's fun to get mail and they love that. And then they want to make it. Um, and so that's something you can do. My kids love watching um, kids cooking shows. You know, it really gets them into it. You know, they all the kids want to always watch TV on beyond screens and you know, I'm like, nope, can't do that. But, you know, for right now, if you want to sit and watch this cooking show, um, 
then let's do that. And they love it. They love watching the kids cook. There's, um, there's a cookbook that we, I talk about some in, um, on Facebook that cook once eat all week cookbook. Um, and it's kind of nice for people who like to kind of meal prep. Um, and that would be a good one to get your kids involved in. So it's, you know, the basics are, you know, you kind of pick your day of the week, Sunday, usually, or Monday, and it gives you um, the ingredients to get cooked up and then how you can use those ingredients different ways throughout the week. So your meals are basically prepped and you could get your kids involved in meal prep. Um, so that would be helpful. And then just, you know, kind of teaching them some basics. My husband is really good about teaching the, the kids how to grill. And so they're, you know, they're more adept at, than I am at grilling, that's for sure. Um, so if you or your husband grills, that is, um, that would be, you know, something to bring them out and let them help you. One of the best presents that my, one of my boys got, my sweet friend, she sent this whole <laughs> themed um present package. Um, and I love themes y'all, but it was at one of those little, uh, little smokies, those little grills, um, teeny tiny. She sent him that and like a cookbook about how to cook steaks and, um, and a spatula and then like a chef's hat. And, um, she sent that and that was his birthday present and it was so cute. And you know what? He has used that little smoky that little grill so much and they really like grilling so um that's a great present that's a great christmas present birthday present is and they're not very expensive one of those um little smokies we've given it as a birthday present even um so that's a good one um and then just you know teaching them to make some eggs you know basic um eggs is always a good thing for kids to know how to do my son, one of my boys, actually, you know, little sugar addict there, son, he is into making uh, monster balls right now. And monster balls are basically um, the base, the basis of it is um, like oats and peanut butter, and then either honey or maple syrup. And then you can add stuff into it, you could add in chocolate chips or dried fruit or nuts or whatever. But um, he makes those pretty regularly. That's kind of his after school snack that he likes to have. And, um, and so, you know, he really enjoys eating those. And so he enjoys making them. So that would be a good one. If you just Google monster balls, you'll find some recipes and um, that would be a good one to make with your kids. No cooking required. It's just kind of assembling. So those are, um, those are always get your kids involved in cooking with you. So that's pretty much what I have for you today. But I do want to um, just reinforce that, you know, um, nobody's going to teach our kiddos, you know, about food and about its importance and about the way that it builds the body. You know, as these kids are growing, the only materials that it has to use to grow is the food that gets put inside. And when you think about that, it can be a little bit scary when we start thinking about some of the things our kids eat. Um, but we do, you know, we do need to honor that process and make sure that we are, you know, building building mansions in these babies' bodies and not building shacks and <laughs> that are going to, you know, 
not be strong and that will blow away easily and just can't, you know, that is vulnerable to every problem. You know, it's when we build these strong bodies that their immune systems um, are going to be stronger and we're just laying that foundation for health later in life. Everything that the kids are eating now and building these bones and their brains and their muscles and their teeth and all of those things are really um, obviously going to be important um, in the long run. So we are the ones that give them that foundation and it's not about being perfect. It's just about being present with them and um, being an example of that as, as much as you can. That's why I really like to go at the mamas, you know, and teach them about health and um, work with moms and um, just because you have so much influence over what the family is eating. Most of the time it's you going to the grocery store. You know, you can't eat what's not in your house and you do eat what's in your house. And so it's making those choices. It's knowing what choices to make. It is standing firm. It's being consistent. It's just all of those things that we need for ourselves as adults and that we're working through on a daily basis um, that our kids need too. And so um, for me, I think it's important for, you know, the moms and the parents to kind of have that um, as their as their MO, you know, so that a lot of it's by example, you know, and just observing. Um, and so, um, mama, take care of yourself as well. All right, my friends, I hope that was um, helpful. I would love to know if you have any strategies that you use for feeding your kiddos, um, sh please share them. Share them in the, um, the comments. And, you know, leave a review. That always helps other people find this podcast better. When you leave a review, it bumps it up into iTunes and makes other people be able to see it easier. And so I would love if you leave a review, um, leave comments, share with me, you know, what you do to get your kids eating the veggies and um, keeping things under control. Um, and um, also just, you know, going on Facebook and sharing the meals that your kiddos eat. You know, when, and when you have a win, um, how does that look for you? Because it encourages us. We need encouragement, you know, for each other um, to see that, to see that moms are trying. And sometimes, you know, there's a big, fat, floppy failure like kids eating honey buns and in the closet. And then they're, you know, they're the wins. Kids, the same kid, you know, making his monster balls and enjoying that process. And so, um, you know, it's messy and it's wonderful all at the same time, such as motherhood, such as parenthood. And that's how it is. All right, my beautiful friends, have an amazing and beautiful and healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.